This is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today we are continuing our series on COVID-19 issues, and today we're going to talk about unemployment. My guest today is Alex Martinez, Director of Human Resources for Access to Healthcare. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me, Sherry. This obviously is a very important topic. Um, you've been in the human resources field for quite a while, Alex. Have you ever seen anything quite like this in your career? Absolutely not. We are living in unprecedented times. That's true. With so many people losing their jobs due to the pandemic, the issue of unemployment and applying for a job is on many people's minds. So our topic today is going to be finding a job and the steps that you take. What are the steps someone should take when they lose their job? You know, you, you've worked at an organization or a company or a restaurant, you know, and of course we know now they've shut down the restaurants and the bars and people are being laid off. What is the first thing someone should do other than, um, of course, all the normal feelings that one has, which is a bit of panic, but what would be the first step that you'd suggest that they do? File for unemployment. Remember that um, employees who have not resigned or um, have not been fired for cause are very likely to uh, be eligible for unemployment benefits. So please um, go to your unemployment website and file for unemployment. The sooner uh, you apply, the sooner you have to go without uh, income. Well, we know that quite a few people when this began, uh, March and April, applied for unemployment and it seemed like it took a long time. Now, once they finally receive their unemployment benefits, it's usually retro, right? And they will get the money from the date that they were laid off? That is correct. And we know that unemployment um, is a certain amount of money that's based on your paycheck, right? It is, uh, however, uh, because of the pandemic, the unemployment office um, extended the uh, unemployment benefits uh, to an additional $600 per week through the end of uh, this month of July, uh, July 31st, 2020. Uh, that's over and above the regular benefits um, provided by the state. Yeah, and I think that that's really kept quite a few people from, um, you know, kind of their eyes above the water level on for themselves financially. And I know quite a few people are probably exceedingly concerned that on July 31st, that extra money um, will not come anymore. And actually in reading, I don't think anyone's made a decision whether that would be maintained, uh, the $600. That's correct. Um, it's still up in the air. However, realize that uh, 13 additional weeks of unemployment benefits uh, beyond the state's maximum um, have been uh, passed through December 31st of this year. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't realize that. That's great. But, it, so through December 31st, they will probably get unemployment, but not the extra 600 That is correct. Yeah, okay. And, and who is eligible for unemployment? I know you said a few minutes ago, of course, if you're laid off, you're eligible. But if somebody quits their job because they feel that it was an unsafe environment for themselves due to COVID, can they get unemployment? Uh, depending on the uh, reason for uh, leaving the job, usually the unemployment office will make that determination. So to your point, if someone resigns out of their own accord, um, the unemployment office will scrutinize that and they may be deemed uh, ineligible. Uh, 
as a result of uh, resigning out of their own will. Okay, so if one resigns, and would it be the same if they were terminated, then the unemployment office will make a eligibility determination? It all depends, again, on the reason for separation. So if they were uh, released for cause, uh, that may make them eligible uh, for unemployment benefits, uh, provided you know the uh, employer is contacted, and of course they go through their due process in the event any of the parties contest that decision. Okay, so first, you know, of course, if somebody is, and let's let's say, go back to laid off because that's what's been happening with people, is that uh, the job is no longer available for them, and we know that here in Nevada we have some of the highest unemployment numbers. I think. Uh, we're right up there with Hawaii, but of course both of us are hospitality states. So let's let's say on unemployment, and we'll take somebody who's been laid off, that the first thing that you do if you're laid off is, uh, besides panic, would be to file for unemployment, do it as quick as you can. We know that's been taking a while for some people, but you will get your retro pay, and also the sooner you apply, the sooner that you can get your benefits. Let's talk about whether at that time it's a good time to look at your career goals. Absolutely. So this has to be the opportunity that one must cease to make a career change uh, if uh, that's one of the options. So the person needs to be able to develop uh, perhaps the, the new knowledge, uh, the new skills, and even contacting those individuals that uh, may be prospective professional references. Um, again, you got to make sure that uh, you take advantage of this opportunity to um, explore those important routes to uh, you know, career intervention. Well, if somebody is saying, well, you know, I've been in um, the service industry and I would like to go into another type of profession, uh, what are some professionals that they can talk to about what would be the best option for them? Are there professionals that somebody can talk to for free, do you think? Now realize that your income will be pretty tight during the unemployment process, even with unemployment benefits. So you gotta make sure that you consider the resources that are cost effective or that have no cost. So one of the leading places to turn to is the Nevada Job Connect. They offer many of these uh, resources that uh, are usually free of charge um, and they can usually connect you with the uh, correct resources to prepare you with new skills, uh, perhaps even vocational rehab. Oh, that's fabulous. So somebody who maybe didn't want to be in the industry that they were laid off from can go to Job Connect and they can literally talk to them and do some career development for them and that maybe even get like computer classes or something Yes. at low cost, something that gives them a little higher rate of skill. That is correct. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, and what about a resume? Because, you know, here at Access to Healthcare Network, uh, when people apply for a position, we ask them to send a resume and so that we know a little something about them. And so talk to me a little bit about what should be on that resume. So you need to be able to identify what's most important to the company. Um, and then the key to making your resume attractive is to uh, tailor uh, your resume to the job description. So while um, you may have an outdated and um, you know, effective resume, may not apply for uh, the company that you're applying for currently. So you gotta make sure that you review the job description, that you review the company or the organization's uh, culture and tailor your resume 
uh, to be appealing to the recruiter. So let's say that it was a job where you needed telephone skills and you would want to tailor your resume to make that one of the predominant things that you had a skill in. You're absolutely right. Um, you, again, you need to be able to um, align your resume with the job description that the recruiter has uh, posted on the job board. Um, but certainly you don't want to um, over-highlight your skills. Um, the last thing that you want is to present yourself as an over-qualified over candidate or um, worst case scenario, you're offered the job and you're not prepared for the job as a result of uh, lack of skills. Oh, I see. So in other words, don't don't make yourself out to be something you're not. That is correct. Because <laughs> you'll get caught. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, how many years of job history should go on the resume? General rule of thumb is 10 years. If you uh, list 10 years of employment history, the recruiter is fairly satisfied and can uh, discern whether or not you have the relevant experience. So how do you think that uh, employers or say HR, such as yourself, an HR director, looks at when there's big gaps between jobs? What does that mean? We definitely question that and uh, during the pre-screening process as we review resumes, um, that's one of the questions that we ask. Can you explain the gaps of unemployment? Mm -hmm. um, and we gave the opportunity of the applicant to um, disclose or you know reveal any um, thing that might pose as a red flag. Mm -hmm. and, and do you think a cover letter should be sent with the resume where they're, uh, what job they're applying for, why they have the skills for the job, does that uh, does that make you more likely to give somebody an interview? Not entirely. Uh, so unless the employer specifically states that they want a resume, um, you don't have to write a cover letter. It's usually included on the email. If you are going to email a resume, then you can definitely include a cover letter-like uh, script on the e body of the email. Okay. Okay, now let's go back to Job Connect. When we talk about needing help with a resume, because many people um, do need help putting a resume together, and take myself, I haven't done a resume for 15 years. I mean, I would, would want to get uh, somebody who really knew about resumes to look at mine. Would Job Connect be able to do that? Yes, absolutely. In addition to that, uh, remember they have uh, these other uh, resources that uh, can help you out, including being able to fax resumes to prospective employers, uh, as well as fax services um, or internet uh, access, I should say. Uh, and so they can usually uh, point you to the right resource in the event that you know you uh, may have something that uh, they are not. Um, immediately be are able to help you out with and so so we talked about unemployment now we've talked about when you're uh, looking for a job where you go for assistance with your resume where you go to look at career goals let's talk about um, the job sites that you recommend somebody visit if they're looking for a job so the one that we use here at Access to Healthcare Network is uh, Indeed.com. Um, the reason for that is because uh, they usually upgrade on a continuous basis to obviously tailor uh, to the needs of employers um, as well as you know job seekers. And so that's our primary uh, job board. In addition to that uh, job board, we have Monster.com. That's uh, fairly popular as well, and uh, Career Builder. And then, of course, uh, Nevada Job Connect, which is also online. 
Okay. And to go to these websites, it's free for the person looking for the job, right? That is correct. Yeah, great. And um, should they just send a resume to these jobs or should they call them also? Usually sending a resume is the first step. Uh, following up with a phone call if you have the number for the recruiter is not a bad idea. Realize that the recruiter may not have an opportunity to, to take your call. However, um, it's not a bad idea. Usually both um, are suggested. What are some things that one shouldn't put on their resume? Age? Marital, well, you don't need to put your age, you don't need to put your marital status, you don't need to put children, right? That is a great question, uh, Sherry. Indeed, I have seen resumes that list personal characteristics, including marital status and such, something that the recruiter uh, may not want to know up front. Uh, one of the things that's also uh, also mentioned during the resume that people may not be aware of is what they do on their free time. And so that might be a popular one. So just stay away from anything that is not uh, job related, that doesn't point to any job experience, work history, um, or any skills that you may have uh, for the prospective employer. Right, so don't necessarily list all your hobbies. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to add that because I knew that was an important one. Um, so these job sites don't cost anybody any money. We should send, people should send their resumes, not necessarily a phone call. Um, so you send your resume off to, let's say they sent it here to Access Healthcare Network and they don't hear back for 10 days, seven days, five days. What's, what's the date where you think that no one is going, you're not gonna get any sort of an interview? Where is it where you move on and realize this company is not uh, going to connect with you? Usually two weeks. If after you have submitted your resume you are not contacted by the recruiter within a couple of weeks then it's usually time to move on um, you know, to a different recruiter. Again as mentioned earlier it would not be a bad idea to follow up with the employer um, you know to see if they had a chance to review the resume and such. That's usually a not a bad idea gesture um, but again to your question uh, if it's been two weeks since you originally submitted your resume um, more than likely the recruiter was not interested in contacting you. So when you follow up with the recruiter um, the human resource department should you do that by phone or by email? Both they're most effective. Um, Phone would not be a bad idea, once again, if you have the uh, recruiter's uh, direct number. However, if you have their email address, um, that would be a good method of uh, communication as well. Would it be appropriate, because I would think if, if you called and got, say yourself, the Director of Human Resources, and you said to them, I'm sorry, but uh, we won't be giving you an interview because you don't have the skill set that we wanted, would it be appropriate for them to ask uh, why didn't I get an interview? What is the skill set you're looking for? So they can get feedback, so maybe they can go take a class and then come back when they've had it? Absolutely. Um, I have not received many calls where an, an applicant will uh, come back and ask specifically why they were not selected for interviews. However, when I am asked, I will be blunt and upfront and let them know you don't meet the minimum qualifications of the job. Um, usually it's not so much skills rather than experience or even education. 
And perhaps that's one of the reasons why an applicant will not ask. Understand. So we're talking, say, two weeks, if you haven't heard back, that you certainly can get a hold of the Human Resource Department um, or the recruiter and ask them um, if you're going to get an interview. That seems like an appropriate thing to do. Nothing wrong with that, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the interview, because that's really, you know, all of these are very, very important. Um, putting in the resume, having a resume. What, what do you think on a resume catches your eye, Alex? What catches your eye? You say, I want to interview this person. The um, attention to detail. I can't tell you how many resumes I have uh, reviewed where I um, notice right away when uh, an applicant has made a spelling error. Mm. Um, dates are wrong. Mm -hmm. um, the other uh, turnoff for recruiters um, like myself is when someone uh, submits an out-of-date resume. If they um, list at a current employer as being their present employer and then upon the uh, screening or over the phone screening they uh, say that they you know were laid off or have left that employer uh, two months back ah, it's usually yeah. yeah not the best thing and yeah. so that's one of the first things that I as a recruiter look at and that's the accuracy of the resume and how up-to-date it is okay let's talk about the interview because that uh, next to the resume is exceedingly important what are the important, the do's and don'ts of an interview process. So you're calling somebody and saying, um, you know, Mr. Jones, we would like to give you an interview. Uh, at that time, even at that start of that phone call, you're sort of assessing the person, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, do be prepared. Uh, make and do as much research a, as you can about the organization as well as the job. Realize that the job description is usually posted um, at the time that you respond to the job ad. And so it's very important that you understand the expectations of the job as well as uh, doing the research about the organization. Um, one of the first questions that most recruiters nowadays ask during the inter interview process is, how much do you know about the job and what do you know about our organization? So uh, those are two things that are very, very important um, that we look at uh, during the interview and during the screening process as well. Let me go back to when you make that initial phone call to do the appointment. Um, if someone is putting resumes out in the community, then it's more, it, it would be to their benefit to answer their phone. And so how many, you leave a message, how long do you wait to hear back from somebody before you assume that they're not interested? That's a great question. As you can imagine, Sherry, nowadays people are sophisticated, so they may not necessarily answer a phone call. As uh, an, an experienced recruiter, one of the things that I do is, in addition to placing a phone call and leaving a voice message, is I also send them a text. Ah. A uh, high percentage of the time, the phone number that's listed on the resume is a cell phone. And so in addition to leaving them a voice message, I also text them. And surprisingly, uh, most of uh, the ones that I reach out to via text respond first via text. Interesting. Okay, so it's important if, if you're going to put resumes out that you somehow are able to get the phone call or the text because not responding for two or three days um, does not endear you to a recruiter. That is correct. If I can be so bold as to say that. So let's go back to the interview process. Let's talk about how one should dress for an interview. Appropriately. Um, even 
business casual nowadays is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to remember the time that I turned someone away for um, wearing inappropriate clothing during the interview. Um, and so, you know, of course you want to be uh, and, and look as uh, sharp as you can during the initial process. Um, first impressions are very important. Um, however, you don't have to be, you know, in a uh, suit and tie uh, during these interviews. As long as you're appropriately um, dressed, you know, the interviewer will overlook uh, that, you know, during their hiring decision. Well, today with COVID, we're doing more and more interviews virtually. Give us some feedback on what's the best thing to do if you're having a virtual interview. Prepare. Uh, That's a great question. So make sure that um, you are prepared with the uh, proper um, technical applications. And um, usually, again, uh, it's perfectly okay to ask the recruiter to test the system prior to the interview to avoid any sort of technical difficulties. And again, you may want to prepare um, yourself. Uh, Usually, and I have found that some um, interviewees uh, usually do not and have not interviewed uh, via WebEx in the past. So uh, we've got applications nowadays where you can record yourself and do a mock interview. Oh, that's a good idea. Online as well. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I know that, of course, we we have, what, 125 employees, and we do our share of interviewing here at Access. And uh, I know that we look for somebody who uh, smiles, somebody who is uh, connecting in some way. Uh, the other thing I think that we look for is somebody who's done their research on our organization. If we say to them, what do you know about Access to Healthcare Network, and they don't know anything, uh, I'm not saying that that uh, ends the entire conversation, but we will remember that they didn't look up who they're interviewing with. Is that, do you find that that's important for you? Absolutely. Again, first impression is very important, and um, you can't ruin an interview enough by not being prepared Uh, when answering about what you know about the organization or even about the job. Yeah, and there's a fine, having done a lot of interviewing in my 50-year career, I hate to say that, but it's true, um, that we don't, and it's an interesting balance. You don't want somebody to talk too much, but you also don't want them to answer in three words. And so there's both, there's how you get a balance between those two, I think. You let them know upfront of the expectations. So one of the things that I uh, mentioned is that uh, we will be asking several questions and I ask them to keep their responses summarized and concise. And that usually does the trick. Great. Um, And let's go back to Job Connect. Uh, That might be another place to literally talk with them and they can take one through the interview process and they can do some practice, I would imagine, at Job Connect. Absolutely. On the interview. They offer that. Um, help as well. And if someone doesn't hear back after an interview, should they call and how long should they wait? Usually if they are not selected uh, for the job and they've gone through the interview, job boards like Indeed will automatically uh, let them know that they were not selected. Um, I feel that uh, here at Access to Healthcare Network, uh, it's my responsibility as opposed to the job board uh, to contact those who were not selected. So we do send out thank you for applying, thank you for interviewing with us letters to those uh, 
candidates who were not selected. Well, that's just respectful. I mean, they've taken their time to come into us or to do it virtually, and it's respectful to connect with them on a personal level. I Absolutely. Think. But it's you, not easy applying for a job. No, uh, but you can't imagine how many employers will not take the time to uh, send out these thank you letters. I know that. That's why I said it's respectful to do it. <laughs> because it's a respect for how hard it is to apply for a job, because it is. Absolutely. It's very stressful. And if someone hasn't done it in a while, I would imagine it's extremely stressful. One thing I can say to people is be sure to make eye contact. That's very important. To smile, you don't have to have a smile the entire time because then you look kind of, you know, weird. But at least have a smile during the interview. Connect with people, look them in the eye, talk with them. But I also know that for some people that's extremely, extremely difficult. And I know that here at Access to Healthcare, if we do in-person interviews, we ask them to do put a mask on. And so smiling would look a little different. But we can tell by the eyes if someone's smiling. You're absolutely right, Sherry. Yeah. You can definitely tell by the eyes. That was good, Alex. Alex held up his mask, everybody, so that I would say something about the mask. Well, I, I think this is an incredibly important topic, Alex. I really do. Um, we've talked about how to apply for unemployment. We've talked about looking at your career goals, that it's a good time to do that. Um, Job Connect, we've said their name at least three or four times, and I know they have a website that you somebody can look up. How to do your resume, um, how to apply for on the job boards, as you call them, and then once you get selected for an interview, um, how then you go about the interview. And then I hope that anyone listening that um, is unemployed at the time, my hope for you would be that you will be able to go past the interview and get hired for the job. Anything else, Alex, that you would like to to tell well, us? I think you, you wrapped it up um, fairly well. Um, again, you want to uh, file for unemployment um, as soon as you can. You don't want to delay that process. Um, and. Uh, Prepare yourself to become a job applicant, I think is the mm -hmm. second on the list there mm -hmm. once you become unemployed. It's extremely important to um, you know, make sure that you have reviewed and updated your resume and um, your new task will be finding a new job. And so you gotta make sure that you're prepared for that. So Right, thank you, Alex. We've been discussing today the process to apply for a job, resumes, applications, interview process, et cetera. My guest has been Alex Martinez, Director of Human Resources, right here at Access to Healthcare Network. Again, thank you, Alex, for giving us your expertise. Thank you for having me, Sherry. What I would ask of anyone who's listening to this podcast is that you pass it on to anyone that you know that uh, is unemployed. I think it's valuable, valuable information. I know we're going to put this on our website. We're going to put it out as much as we possibly can. I want to thank you all for listening. For a list of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast. Stay safe, everyone, and please wear your mask.